0: On to the Friday edition, the best edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and I can already tell you, it's going to be kind of a short episode on this Friday morning just because there wasn't too much happening on Thursday. But one of the interesting stats that I did see had to do with millennials, and not just millennials in general, but young millennials. There's a report out from that that said that young millennials were actually somewhat thriving during the pandemic. And I know the pandemic was horrible, so I'm just gonna put that disclaimer out there, but young millennials were able to leverage their tech savviness to their advantage as they navigated home buying during the pandemic, and we saw that in the data. 1.78 million out of 4.75 million home buyers during the pandemic were young millennials. Now, that was a 15.8% increase since 2019 and outpaced everybody else. And the fact this is even more impressive when looking at home ownership acquisitions for young millennials only grew at 3.4% the year before. So that's a big jump any way you look at it, but when considering from 2018 to 2019, they only saw a 3.4% increase, there was really something about this moment that helped out younger millennials. Now I will take issue with logic because they had older millennials from I think 35 to 44, and if you're going off the even the most generous of data, they say like 42 is the oldest millennial. And I would know because I'm pretty close to that ceiling. (laughs) Some even have it younger. They have it like 38 being the oldest millennial. So they had it going all the way up to 44. But millennials, as they had them listed from about 25 to 44, made up 62.2% of all home purchases during the pandemic. So millennials are finally making their mark. So the big question is going forward, will this buying activity continue for millennials? Well, CoreLogic explains that there's two big factors that are going to play a deciding role in this. Number one, remote work flexibility. I mean, this is obviously a big one. A lot of people, you know, have looked at remote work as being the future and we talked about that the report that came out earlier this week that said that could be one of the disruptors that does cause some correction in certain markets but what core logic said is that it will likely keep the momentum of space privacy and proximity to family and friends going and so what they're arguing is is basically if this continues this is going to help out millennials who are sort of looking at this as being what's going to happen going forward and i'm just you know you you see the news come out every day and they're saying how work is not going back until now 2022 and they said at some point remote work is going to be kind of the norm. And if that continues, that will definitely help young millennials. But there's a bigger factor involved. And they said millennials are more likely to be influenced by their peers in social media when it comes to home buying. They say, quote, multiplications of potential hurting behaviors among the millennial buyers will likely shape the housing market in the years to come. So it's kind of this, my friends are buying houses, So I'm going to look at buying a house. I don't want to get left behind the FOMO, right, that we always hear about. So those two factors are going to be a big indicator as to whether or not this buying activity that we're seeing, especially among young millennials, will continue going forward. Now, there was an interesting stat. Because living in North Carolina, you know, you have a lot of colleges in North Carolina, you know, places like Raleigh and Charlotte are booming. And even here in Wilmington, you have a lot of young people. I would have thought North Carolina would have made the top five list where we're seeing a lot of activity among young homebuyers. There were a lot of Southern states, but the number one state was Connecticut. 28.2% increase over 2019, followed by Oregon, Alabama, Arkansas, and Georgia. So, yes, a lot of southern states, but the leading state was actually in the northeast. I was kind of surprised. I didn't know anyone still lived in Connecticut. I thought it was like only hedge fund guys (laughs) lived in Connecticut. Regular young people. Maybe they work at the hedge funds. That's how they're able to afford a house in Connecticut. They work for some of the hedge funds up there. But yeah, Connecticut, uh, number one in that category. Now, speaking of buying a home, I do have some good news for you. So yesterday, we talked about the data from the Mortgage Bankers Association that said that rates on average had moved above 3%. Well, Freddie Mac says we disagree. In fact, their latest data from their weekly survey says rates are still under 3%. They have, on average, the 30-year fixed had dropped one basis point week over week to 2.86%, which is down from where it was last year when it was just below 3% at 2.99. And the 15-year fixed, they had it actually increasing by one basis point to 2.16, which of course was down from last year when it was 2.54%. So, who do you believe? (laughs) the Mortgage Bankers Association or Freddie Mac. And like with most things, the answer is probably somewhere in between. Now, Sam Cater, the Freddie Mac chief economist said housing seems to be moving in a similar pattern as other consumer goods, saying, quote, housing is in a smaller phase of the economic cycle as many other consumer goods. While there is strong latent demand, low supply has caused prices to rise as shortages restrict the amount of sales activity that otherwise would occur. And you know. speaking about that, take a little detour. Yesterday morning, there was a big story. Wall Street Journal reported on it that Toyota was feeling the crunch of the semiconductor shortage, or the chip shortage. I think the argument was like 40% reduction in production. And they are going to shut down some factories. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, this is hitting consumer goods and it's hitting cars and Low inventory is, of course, a big problem in the housing sector. But I like to end on good news, especially when it's the last show of the week. And we had some good data Thursday morning. Initial jobless claims were expected to drop. But the good news is they dropped more than expected. In fact, they reached a pandemic low. Initial jobless claims for the week ending August the 14th were at 348,000, a decrease of 29,000, which brings that to the lowest level since March 14th, 2020. Forecasts had the claims only dropping to 363,000, so good beat, no doubt about it. The four-week moving average was 377,000, a decrease of 19,000. And continuing claims, unfortunately, failed to meet expectations. They did fall, though. They dropped by about 79,000 to 2.82 million. Uh, The forecast had it dropping to 2.8 million. But here's the good news. This is the lowest level since March 14th, 2020. So even though continuing claims didn't meet expectations, they did fall to the lowest level we have seen during this pandemic so that's the good news that i thought we would end on as we go into the weekend and i hope you guys have a great weekend i thought it was going to be cool i mean at least here in north carolina i think it's going to be somewhat warm so stay cool we're in the dog days of summer not much time left labor days just around the corner but i'll talk to you guys monday morning like i said have a good weekend and as always Do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.